the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the Sports Nut Podcast. This is the podcast where you guessed it, we talk about sports. Everything around sports. And if you even listened to an episode a couple ago, we do not consider chess a sport. So if you consider chess a sport, hey, we're not going to talk about it. Sorry. But when I talk about we, it's not just my alter ego or split personality or anything like that. I do have somebody on the other line. He is, you might have heard him before, Mr. This week is only a little MNR, not a capitalized, just a little MNR. Mr. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. In fact, uh, the. The, the little M and R are well-deserved. I'm still at the burnt edges from getting fried in the playoffs here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it was a little M and R. I'll get with you later on that. Don't quite know why. But, uh, yeah, it, it, boy, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Uh, you know, have you seen a playoff where the first rounds, there was not one that ended in 4-3. A couple of them were shutouts. Couple of them were four one. Couple of them were four two. So it, it it boy, have you ever seen one that's kind of been that lopsided for the first series? Absolutely not. In fact, I think as sad as it is, out of all of them, one series right, and it was the one against the Bruins. Of yeah, uh, and, and speaking of the Bruins, the Ottawa, they hear about the whole thing going on in Ottawa now. Uh, which one? Uh, about the owner and everything like that? No, actually, what's going on? Well, that's uh, the game, um, them against the Islanders. Uh, not Saturday nights. it was Thursday, whatever, the one before Saturday. They were in Ottawa. wasn't sold out, and I was like, what? And I was like, how can that be not sold out? And I kind of digs was doing some digging. And basically, the owner let it slip out. Basically, something got leaked somewhere, or somebody did it on purpose, which I'm thinking. Basically, he says, what do we need to do? They made the playoffs. They don't need to go past the first round anymore. It's just more of a headache on all of us. You know, next year, we might want to cut down the spending a little bit. I was like, uh, what? So a lot of people didn't go. Of course, Saturday night it was a sellout, so it, it's... And then reading more about the owner, hands down, the worst owner in the NHL. If you're an Ottawa Senators fan, you're there, you already understand. But reading some of the stuff he's doing, it, it, I, I'm surprised the NHL isn't doing more. Something, Something's going to happen to happen to him because he's, he's, boy, for a team that goes to the playoffs dang near every year, kind of understanding why they don't do anything anymore. Well, I don't think he quite understands what playoff means to an ownership because – I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, several years ago when the Red Sox won their first World Series, one of the things that they did was uh, the season ticket holders were allowed to pay for the games, but even though they had first shot at it, the prices actually went up uh, after each round of the playoffs. And then the Bruins adjusted that during their playoff run uh, in which they won the cup that year. So uh, if you're a ticket holder and say you have um, $35 seats like uh, one of them, now he's a season ticket holder. 
first round of the playoffs, those tickets jumped to $70 a seat. Then as they progressed on to the next round, the semifinals, those same seats were now 280 bucks. And when you finally got to the finals, those were $435, $5 seat. And the markup was incredible. That's because the owners get everything. Once they make the playoffs, that money is all theirs. Now, are you a Patriots fan? No, Raider fan. Okay, good. Let's talk about the Patriots. Um, this is kind of off topic here, but did you see the memo that was put out last week by them? Uh, yes, and interesting takes on it. So I'll let you lead, and then I'll give you what the word is around here. Um, about You're talking about the banner, right? Yes. Okay, they put a memo out saying they don't know what to do because they got no place to put the banner the new Super Bowl banner. I'm like, what? You know, that's your problem? And then first thing I thought of was like, well, no wonder people around the country hate you guys. All you're saying is, look, we won, we won, ha-ha, we won. Well, the worst part about it is that, I mean, there's the feeling around here is that it's the Patriots against the rest of the world. Now, I think, quite frankly, it really should be just simply the Patriots against the NFL because that's actually where their front hill battles are. Um, but, I mean, eh, you know what? I think the thing is is that when you look at how long it's taken this franchise to win anything, anything like this, uh, I think uh, once they should enjoy it for a while, while they have it because when Belichick and Brady are gone, so are just about all their dreams from here on out. Yeah, but just that whole memo was kind of like, really? You really didn't have to make that a big public memo. <laughs> but, okay, back to the NHL. Okay, surprises. Blackhawks getting swept. Uh, Flames getting swept. Columbus only winning one game. Uh, Minnesota only winning one game game that that is unbelievable for me how, how how those are good teams those are good teams now all honestly in my opinion minnesota and the flames could have petered out like that and it wasn't a shock to me you know but you know columbus you know chicago what happened you know I think Chicago got cocky. The fact of the matter is, is that during one of the, actually the first game, when you were watching interviews with, with all of the Blackhawk players like Kane and uh, Duncan Keith and players like that, the attitude was so relaxed. Even though they lost the first game and they didn't score a goal, everybody was, eh, you know, we'll, we'll take them on. We'll come back tomorrow night. Tomorrow never came. Uh, did you see... Uh, when we first started talking about the playoffs a few weeks ago, that was the first night of the games. And I watched the Blackhawks, uh, the first game, you know, of Nashville, uh, Chicago. Did you see the first commercial during the first break of that game? No. This boy, um, they're playing it through the playoffs too. Basically, um, Kane, it, it's for like Gatorade or something where he shoots the puck and everything goes into slow motion except him. He goes over to the bench and like picks up a Gatorade or something like that and starts drinking it, you know, and 
takes a sip or two and the puck is still kind of going to the net in slow motion, you know, and everything. And then he kind of looks down and says, score. And then boom, it goes in. And I'm like, boy, that's going to be an omen, I think. <laughs> if you look for the commercial, it's out there still playing. Maybe that was their problem. They just imagined that never scored. Yeah, that could be. But I'm sure other people listening to this saw that. Uh, they're doing the same thing with uh, um, exactly the same thing in basketball with uh, what's his name from uh, Cleveland. Oh, LeBron James. LeBron, thank you. Boy, my mind is going, yeah, doing the exact same thing in basketball with him. So, yeah, I think it's Gatorade, but it could be something else, but it's some kind of drink or anything like that. So, so second round, we have Pittsburgh at the time of this recording. Pittsburgh going to Capitals. Pittsburgh's up 2-1. But Sid the Kid has a concussion. He's out for guaranteed game four, possibly game five. That's going to hurt them. Um, I think... Everything revolves around him, not always, but it seems like when he's not there, they can focus on a couple areas and they don't quite play as good. Well, a couple of things. I have mixed feelings about Pittsburgh and losing Crosby. I'm not a fan of Pittsburgh whatsoever, whatsoever. And what's worse, that the history between the Bruins and the Penguins have not been very good. In particular, the two guys that I generally call out have ended the careers of some prominent Bruins. Uh, well, the first one belongs to Alf Samuelson. The, the coward, for a lack of a better word, uh, in fact, I saw all of the fights that ultimately led up to this uh, uh, stick to the knee, which ended Neely's career. The fact of the matter is, is that before he was traded to Pittsburgh, um, Boston was playing Hartford, and he hit Neely in the back with the stick, and of course, Neely basically wiped the ice up with him because he was a great fighter, but then... After he got traded over to Pittsburgh, he uh, uh, eventually took a stick to the knee, which ultimately ended his career, and Samuelson is responsible for that. Another player who's ended another Bruin um, career is uh, Matt Cook. That is, he's the worst of the worst, because for the NHL to ignore how egregious some of his penalties have been over the years, he ended Mark Savard's career. And uh, that's that's just unforgivable. And so when I saw Crosby go go down the other night against Washington, uh, it was with mixed feelings because well, Crosby's a talented player, and the NHL needs players like that. But sometimes I think there's some payback that happens with that. And you know, Pittsburgh, uh, for what it said, despite the talent, always the greasy side of things when it gets out of control. And how this didn't emerge sooner, I'm not sure. Yeah, a good thing about the playoffs is we don't have to listen to the Pittsburgh announcers. Um, I was watching a game this season and going down the ice and Sidney Crosby was holding... Um, it, it was somebody from Toronto, I forgot who it was, was holding his stick on the other side and the ref couldn't see it down the ice for, you know, across the, the midpoint to the blue line, holding it in his hand so he couldn't use it. Well, the player jerked it out of his hands, you know, so he could use a stick and then Sid fell down. 
Well, the announcer kept complaining and moaning about why it wasn't a penalty, you know, for interference. It was, it was like, what? <laughs> um, they are the. There's always going to be homer calls, but hands down, they got the worst homer. It's just hard, hard to listen to. Yeah, I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. Um, I think you're right. There is some payback there because, I mean, during the Columbus series, he knocked somebody else out. Not That was another thing. Not only he didn't get a penalty, he didn't even get a fine. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, if you believe in karma, I think it's kind of coming around. I think sometimes the NHL does them a little disservice, too. I mean, you do want to protect your players. But then again, you know, you've got a lot of – you've got your out there. They're on the ice, and it is a game, and they need to be a little bit more aware of that because, you know, there's always an emphasis to win and out there on the ice. But then there's the times where, you know, the game could do without that kind of stuff, and which actually ultimately leads to the uh, reason why enforcers are important because the thing is, is the game is fast. Team thinks it can get away with something against your guys. You need somebody to go out there and level the ice. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's get to the four games in the series now. Um, Capitals, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's up 2-1. Who's going to win the series? Well, I think if everything goes the way I'd like it, I want uh, the Capitals to beat Pittsburgh, but I think that Pittsburgh has too much firepower, and Washington usually saves this round to choke, so I think they'll be out. Okay, um, I'm thinking Capitals are going to pull it out for once. Something at Capitals. Now, Ottawa's up 2-0 against Islanders. Who's winning this series? Oh, I have to tell you, I had no respect against Ottawa because Ottawa struggled to beat Boston, who had only four defensemen. But I, I don't get it. I don't get the series at all, how they're beating the Rangers. And uh, you know what? Good for Ottawa because if the Rangers are going to fold like this, then um, I'm okay with it. Uh, Ottawa will ultimately beat this gutless team. Okay. Although when in my first predictions, I, when I had Ottawa against uh, New York, I thought New York, I think Ottawa is going to pull this out. Um, so, okay. So now uh, the Edmonton's up 2-1 against the Ducks. Who's going to win this series? I like the fact that we were talking about speed a moment ago with Kane. Connor McDavid is for real. I love his the the things that he can do on the ice, and I think one of the things we will see this this series is getting really chippy now. And the wild card here is how they employ Luchik to counteract some of the ducks because uh, I didn't like Luchik, an undisciplined player. He could be a dominant guy if he focused on his game. Uh, I think that Edmonton should pull it out against the Ducks, but I don't know. We'll see. This series is getting really brutal. It's the most difficult out of all of the ones going on now. Yeah, I think Edmonton's going to, but the game they lost, they played right into the Ducks' hand. They did. They really slowed it down. Uh, they played right in the Ducks' hand. So if they play theirs, they should. Okay, Nashville's up 2-1 uh against the blues who's going to win this one oh uh, this one is actually kind of interesting because the, the blues are hoping that jake allen can bring back some of that magic that you know help them go right through uh minnesota uh, i'm hoping that they can win it but uh, it looks like pd laviolette actually has these guys going the right direction so i think unless something drastically changes nashville will win this uh, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I've watched two of these games so far, and I love 
defensive down hard games. That's why I love these. You know, I love the two ones, maybe a three, two on a weird night. Uh, and that's kind of what you're getting here. So I think Nashville will too. So we'll predict that this series too. Now you had, we both had Nashville Edmonton. Who's going to win that? I'm going with Edmonton. Yep. So am I, uh, you had Pittsburgh, Ottawa. Who's going to win that? <sighs> Pittsburgh will. Okay. I had capitals, Ottawa. Uh, I'm thinking the Capitals will choke then, so I'm picking Ottawa. So uh, you have Oilers-Pittsburgh. Who's going to win? Well, I figure that if everything works out the way I'd like to see it, Edmonton. Yeah, I, I'm rooting for them now, so we'll see. I mean, like we said, after the first round, I know absolutely nothing about hockey, apparently. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have uh, Ottawa against Edmonton, and I'm picking Edmonton myself too. So, uh, and I'm picking an all Canadian finals, and that is going to rile up Canada like you've never seen Canada before. It's going to just be after last year, no teams in all Canadian final. You're going to see Canadians go crazy. And I say good for them. I mean, if if you know you need the balance to swing back and forth, and Let's face it, I think that we see a lot of good hockey from time to time, and at this time of the year, uh, the best of the best are out there on the ice. Exactly. All right, any last thing in hockey before we go on? No, I think I've been excited. The series is actually good. I mean, whenever I get a chance, uh, I will watch Edmonton against uh, Anaheim. I mean, that's kind of more West Coast games. Um, I will make that effort to see them. Yeah, although the first series were lopsided, most of the games were competitive games. So uh, there wasn't very many boat races out there. So that was uh, that was good. Okay, next topic. Uh, real, real quick here. Uh, what's your impression on the whole Eric Hernandez suicide situation? So I alluded to uh, the word on the street around here. What was interesting is, uh, you know, of course, the character assassination was the first thing to be spread out by the Boston media. But there's an intriguing take around here. So one of the interesting aspects of all of this is um, I think ultimately there was the incident with uh, the shot in Florida. And the idea was um, the the charges were dropped against Hernandez because the, the man who was shot essentially told Hernandez, you know what, we're going to settle this in the street level. We're not involving the law. And there have been ongoing threats against Hernandez. This, When he was eventually arrested, this person supposedly has um, friends in quote who are doing the same kind of time Hernandez is doing. And the other aspect of it is they simply said, I will get back at you and I will get back at your family. And this may have been one of the only way out for Hernandez. Uh, and essentially the only way to protect his family was for him to off himself. Yeah. Um, um, I also think uh, there, I think there is something to do about um, his personal life, about uh, his sexual preference. Um, although there is no concrete proof about, you know, having homosexual relationship where there, usually where there's smoke, there's fire, boy, there was pillowing black smoke coming out here, multiple places, you know? Um, so, cause I remember, you know, interviews before, oh no, I'm not, oh no, I'm not, oh no, I'm not, you know, and it was kind of throughout his whole college and everything career. So I think 
part of the deal is he did he he really didn't want any of that to come out to his family also and he's getting pushed in five different ways you know what i mean so and this is one of the ways he took to get out of it so uh, um so i i think there was something to that right there because there's a little too much talk about uh uh you know in that direction not that i care or anything but uh i i, I really i think there was something to do to that well i think this is a prime example of a teaching moment I think that he should be a poster child of everything that goes wrong if you want to embrace thug life, because he's always been associated with trouble, even in his days in Florida. Uh, it actually started back, back in his college days. He was the only person in the Florida team that was actually brought in to investigate a, a, another shooting inside. So um, he has always been a part of this. And... I think that it's really a shame because this man was unbelievably talented. He had his whole future ahead of him, and these are his life choices. Yeah, just think how good the Patriots would have been with, with him on there with the second stud tight end, him and Gronk. Um, just think, I, th I don't think Gronk would be as hurt as much because some of the pressure and some of the plays he had to make, he wouldn't have had to make. So... Uh, just think how good they could have been compared, even if they were good now. Just think what they could have been. Oh, completely unstoppable because when they had both tight ends in there, uh, gave, and Gronk to a degree, Andes was a little bit more of a flyer. And I'll tell you, the guy could, the guy could move, and they both had good hands, and it, it's just frightening. But again, this now falls under the, uh, the category of we'll never know. Exactly. Okay, we can kick off that a little bit. So uh, next topic, I think we had a little prophetic talk a few weeks ago talking about ESPN layoffs coming. And sure enough, last week, uh, 100 employees. Now, most of these were beat writers from around the league for different teams. But you can really see here how little ESPN cares about NHL, pretty much their entire full-time staff is gone for hockey pretty much gone uh they're pretty much just uh hiring to get hockey articles on their website now it, it's uh you can you could tell right there how little they cared we also discussed on the fact that they spread themselves too thin and i'm not surprised that it went into this direction i am surprised at how large of a swath they cut through their staff. Maybe this is one of those things where retooling will do them very well. And hopefully they'll hit on some of the things that we discussed because four channels, is that really necessary? Yeah, like the Longhorn Network. Uh, that thing is, I think it's the number one cable network that loses money out of any cable network around. Um, they're trying to dump that as fast, 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 fast as they can. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's a sieve for money. Um, one of their faults was when uh, NBC Sports uh, bought out, uh, shoot, what was that network it used to be? Do you remember what uh, NBC Sports used to be before they bought it out? No. It was where they had all the hockey games on, so I used to I used to know it. Um, shoot, I can't remember. Uh, I'll find out. But uh, 
when they were doing that was about the same time as Fox Sports was coming out with Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2. So ESPN went ahead, started hiring a bunch of talent everywhere to kind of lock them up. So they were way, 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 way overstaffed. Uh, and this is just part of that coming back, you know, to haunt them. Uh, but realistically, looking at the people, no real big, huge surprises. Um, uh, there's another round coming off kind of rumblings. So I think some bigger names will be there. Well, again, it goes back to another discussion we had as well, because as we get to the cord cutters, um, I, I thought that was only a matter of time. So the future will be very interesting for a lot of TV in general in the upcoming year, um, especially if um, ES doesn't figure out a way to customize their sport its offerings as well because um you know hbo and showtime got it almost immediately you know it's it's been wildly successful ten dollars a month gets you hbo and you can stream it anywhere anytime so maybe this is something that espn probably should have been doing all along anyway okay yeah i looked it up outdoor life network oln uh, nbc bought them out they have the kind of the same parent company but uh, they took over just NBC Sports. So Outdoor Life became NBC Sports. Well, I say bring back the wide world of sports. And if we can unearth Howard Hell, the better for it. Oh, exactly. The agony defeat guy, you know. Okay. Um, anything else on ESPN layoffs? No, I think we'll just watch on it um, because I want to see how... Uh, what happens next and where they're going with a lot of this. All right. Um, last weekend was the NFL draft. And uh, my whole taking of it, no real big surprises except kind of changed. Uh, the Chicago Bears are now the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns are now the Chicago Bears on the rise. So, uh, boy, some of the stuff Chicago did was like, you did what to move up one spot and you knew they weren't taking your player? What's interesting is what they did with Glennon. They invited him to the party and then they they chose this guy. Um, I forgot what his name was already. I mean, that's that's where this is going to go. But they essentially told Glennon, ah, you know, you're not quarterback of the future. So good luck and go out there. Yeah, and if you look at their team now, you got a young quarterback that they got in the draft. Who do they have to mentor him? No one. Absolutely no one. You don't even have Sanchez there to mentor him. You have no one. So I don't know what the heck. Now, I'm, I'm since a Viking fan, I'm kind of glad they're kind of going like, huh? What are they doing? That's kind of good for me, for the Vikings. But uh, boy. Well, I think what's even worse is my understanding is that uh, on Fox was livid. He idea that they were going after the quarterback because I'm guessing that... There were some other players he would have rather have had than a, a college kid in one of the worst drafts uh, in recent memory. So there's a lot of disconnect between the GM and the coach. Not good. Yeah. A um, couple surprises. Uh, besides the Chicago, uh, no real surprises, really. I, I think – Every team, I think, did good. Um, uh, there's a couple really goods out there. Uh, but uh, besides Chicago, I, I think overall it was okay. It was pretty decent for every team. Well, I think what I'm really interested in 
this year is that I did actually get a chance to catch a little bit about the draft, and uh, I this is actually the first one I've paid attention to in quite some time. So I have to tell you, one of the things I did enjoy was a little bit later in the rounds, they would actually have um, players from the past announce the upcoming picks, which I think was actually kind of neat, and it, it probably added a more interesting spin to a draft that um, I guess I didn't know what I was really expecting here. Yeah, I do miss the older drafts, though. Like the first day, um, you know, for the first round, they put it down from 15 minutes between each pick to 10 minutes to try to speed it up a little. But they didn't start the clock until after all the festivities. So it ended up being like 20 minutes between every pick. I mean, it took dang near five hours. So they need to do something. It was way, way too much time between picks the first round. You would look up there and you would see on the official clock, you know, three teams, you know, already picked and they haven't even announced the team, you know, of the current draft because they're sitting there waiting, you know. So it was like, just stop talking and, you know, and stop doing all the show stuff and just get to the picks. Well, actually, that's a great point because one of the things that I that was really noticeable is that in prior drafts, when a team was coming up, uh, say like Minnesota is the next pick, what they would do is they would go over the prospective picks, what they hear through rumors, and then they would give you a little bit of a, a, a synopsis on the players that are eligible or, are, or probable to be picked. That I didn't see, especially in the later rounds. It really was more about the show than it was about the actual draft itself, which was a little unfortunate. Yeah, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, next year's in Dallas. Uh, so uh, I heard what it's going to be in Frisco down here, um, kind of at their practice facility area. I think it's going to be where uh, uh, FC Dallas plays, that big stadium there. They can put some tents up and everything like that. So me and a friend are going to try to get tickets to try to go, but uh, I guess we'll see. What was interesting is I was actually curious to see if New England had a uh a tent down in Foxborough, but I can't find anybody who had gone down there if there was. So um, maybe when next year's rolls around, I'll see if they have some kind of an event because uh, I think that would actually be kind of fun to go to. Yeah. They uh, here at, at Jerry's world at the AT&T stadium over there where the Cowboys play, they had a big thing there during the draft. You could, uh, I think it was like a buck or two. You could get in and, you know, and they'd have the big screen going and everything like that. So, yeah, the, the, most places do have something like that. Well, speaking of your Raiders, uh, did you hear the news today about the Raiders? Did they finally pull the trigger on Lynch? Uh, they It's official. They purchased the land for the new stadium in Vegas. It is purchased. Closed. Theirs. Ah, that's almost like putting a dagger straight through my heart. It's really unfortunate. Or the Raiders in L.A. I mean, in uh, Las Vegas. They didn't belong in L.A. either. I uh, was thinking about that, and here's something good for you, though. Tickets will be cheaper to Vegas than they are to Los Angeles and or Oakland for you. So you might get a chance to see game a little easier. I got to tell you, if they're playing uh, games in um, uh, September, oh, it is roasting down there. Oh, I'd be very curious to see how they su they survive in the desert. 
Yeah, well, they do have, it's a dome, so it won't be outside stadium. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of the hotels buy like 300 season tickets. And you'll have packages, you know, fly in Friday night, two nights in the hotel, you know, um, game tickets, movie pass or, you know, show pass, you know, for a package price. I see that coming quite a bit. I, I think almost every game is going to be sold out, even if they're bad for a few years, because there's an easy way to roll those tickets into packages when you're talking about Vegas. So I think financially, it's a very good move. I think for a core fan base, it's going to be hard to have a core fan base. Being Las Vegas is so fluctuating with people, even people that live there, most of them move in and move out. So uh, I think the core base is going to die down, but financially, I think it's going to be a big success. Same thing with the hockey. I'm wondering about that because I look at the city of New York because you've got the Giants, the Jets, uh, the Nets, the uh, the Knicks, um, and uh, the Yankees, the Mets. Holy smoke, you know, it's one, and you've got a city of 10 million people. I'm kind of curious if every game sells out because there's no reason why they wouldn't, you would think. Not with with uh, 10 million potential, well, not all 10 are going to the game, but still, with something like that, that's kind of built in for them there, too. Exactly. Speaking of Vegas, did you see uh, the draft lottery? Did you watch it? No, I didn't. Okay, the Vegas Golden Knights pick sixth. They just kind of got, eh. Devils got the first. Philly got second. Stars got the third. They really moved up. Philly and Dallas really, really jumped up. Uh, Avalanche uh, moved up to four. So, but basically, uh, the first order is you got the Devils, then Flyers, Stars, Avalanche, the Canucks, the Knights, Coyotes. Sabres, Wings, Panthers, Kings, Hurricanes, Jets, Lightning, Islanders. So, yeah, the big winners here is uh, uh, the Devils. Yeah, they had a good chance of getting the number one, but the Flyers and the Stars really made huge leaps. So, yeah. So, for my homework next week, I will actually give us the most successful team when it comes to drafting the percentage of actually make it to the parent team once they've uh, they've been drafted. Uh, I'm sure the numbers are not as high as I think they might be. Yeah, uh, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to take a guess. I'm just guessing here now. I never looked this up. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Detroit. I'm just picking Detroit. I'm thinking the wings. Uh, I, I think the wings, uh, and, and for some reason... Um, I'm thinking Winnipeg. I think it does a pretty good job, too. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, Detroit uh, is a good guess because I think over the years, especially, they've always been very good about growing their talent, and their development teams have been very, very good, actually. Um, I'm hard-pressed to name another team that's had a, a great run of success like they have um apparently they got tired of winning so that's why they got rid of babcock exactly well anything else before we kill this podcast off no i think uh, we've covered quite a bit of ground for the things that we have and um uh, there are some intriguing stories that we can come up with in the upcoming uh, uh weeks and one of the things that i'm going to bring back to us is the uh 100 pitch count now 
Uh, 100 pitch count. Uh, what about the 100 pitch count? I'm sorry. Um, so the longstanding uh, uh, theory based on nothing, no facts, is when a pitcher reaches 120 pitches, he should call it a day. That number this year is down to 100. If you notice, there are a lot of pitchers, especially early going, they are no longer pitching very much beyond uh, the sixth inning now. And um, interestingly enough, a lot of it, uh, you know, I think the blame is going to the wrong place. Um, but, I mean, this is something we can talk about a little bit more at length. Um, I think it actually started way before they hit the pros. And um, it had more to do with being, you know, starting off in maybe as, as Little League, where people are throwing uh, curveballs when they shouldn't be. And I think uh, this is something that we can tease in for the upcoming show. Yep, about that and Tommy John and all that stuff like that. So that sounds good. So, well, again, everybody, thank you for downloading this episode. We do appreciate it. Any comment, question, comments, or corrections, or you want to join us, just email Tracy at podness.com. We'll get you on. Uh, we generally record Tuesday nights. If you want to join us, let us know, and we'll get you on. Even if you just want to hang out and throw your two cents in every 10 minutes, uh, that is fine also. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. Everybody have a good day. A good week. No, wait. Don't go just yet. Do you want to mention something else? Oh, yeah. If you turn this off, then, well, hey. Okay. What I'm going to say here now is Dora might just cut this out, so this might not even be out there. <laughs> but what I want everybody to do is I want them to go to podmas.com, scroll down a little bit, look to the right, click that donate button. Uh, One-time donation or a dollar a month. Come on, one dollar a month for all the Podnuts shows. That's nothing. Twelve dollars a year. That's nothing. That's two coffees from Starbucks, just uh, to, to help Door out. You know, to, with the costs and when he goes to all the shows and everything like that. Uh, so, go ahead, do that if you don't mind, or go to Patreon.com/slash Podnuts if you'd rather go through Patreon. You can do that, uh, but um, help it out a little bit. So uh, do that. Uh, help door out with the cost for everything that we do appreciate it and thanks for reminding me to say that i'm going to cut this out a second time thank you everybody have a good day